0: This wasn't always the case, but I am now a religious list maker. Weekly and daily checklists are a big part of how I stay on top of my workload. It's how I stay productive instead of just busy. But here's a secret. I also do that every year. Each year, instead of making New Year's resolutions, I write out my goals for the entire year ahead, both personal and professional, a list of things that I want to accomplish by year's end. I usually spend four or five days um, usually thinking about them. They, They provide a great opportunity for me to reflect on the past year and decide what I want the next year to look like. From there, then, I break things down quarterly. For example, I knew I wanted to launch this podcast in 2019 and record at least 30 new episodes by the end of the year, so I broke it down into more manageable tasks. January and February was about researching the equipment purchasing everything I'd need for a great setup, and then sketching out the first 10 to 15 episodes. I then spent March setting up all the accounts I'd need, like RSS hosting and a website, and then recording the early episodes. April has been about launching the podcast and then getting into a rhythm with recording new weekly episodes. And then I figured out a schedule for meeting my goal of 30 weekly episodes by the end of the year. Viewed from afar, launching a podcast and getting 30 episodes out seems daunting, but by breaking it down, I was able to keep things manageable. If you're in business and your business isn't this organized, you have a problem. Stick around because today we're going to talk about crafting a marketing strategy and how to properly execute it. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world, those who see those who can see when shown and those who will never see this is restaurant strategy a marketing podcast for everyone in the middle everyone thanks again for tuning in my name is chip close and this is restaurant strategy a marketing podcast dedicated entirely to chefs restaurant owners and marketing professionals out there working in the hospitality industry each episode i choose a different topic We explore that topic, we pick it apart, hopefully come across some useful insights, and then we finish up with an assignment. I leave you with a short, actionable task, just something you can do right away to start implementing some of the concepts that we discuss uh, into your business, into your regular life. If you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. If you feel so inclined, I invite you to leave a review. Uh, The five-star ratings just help boost our rankings, which just means we can reach more people and eventually start to broaden the discussion. I believe the, the more our business is being talked about, the better off we all are. So what does your marketing strategy look like? Do you even have a marketing strategy? If you're like a lot of restaurant owners out there, it's non-existent, more of a see to your pants kind of approach. Mother's Day is coming up. We should do something for Mother's Day. Hey, our beverage sales are down. Let's run a quick drink special. But that's not a marketing strategy. That's something I call restaurant whack-a-mole. But it's what I see a lot of restaurant owners doing, and that's the stuff that keeps you busy but not productive. The only way to change that is to fundamentally shift the way you think about marketing. A marketing strategy should be diverse, and it should be thought out, just like I do with my yearly goals, right? I sit down at the end of the year, and I and I write down everything I want to accomplish, and then I break them down quarterly. And yes, I break them down weekly and even daily. You need to do the same. Compartmentalize things so that they stay manageable. Think of your marketing strategy like the branches of a tree. The, uh, the trunk of the tree is your business, and each branch forks off from the trunk. Each branch is reaching higher and higher and higher to get to the sunlight. You're going to identify a bunch of different branches and develop an individual strategy for each of them. You're going to write it down, and then you're going to share it with your team You're going to be organized about it. You're going to anticipate the promotions as they come up. And most importantly, you're going to measure things as you go, because as the saying goes, what gets measured gets managed. At the end of the year, you're gonna look everything over and you're gonna look at everything you measured and you're gonna decide what worked and what didn't. And then you're gonna shift your plan accordingly. That's how you develop and cultivate and execute a marketing strategy. It's always breathing, it's always shifting. But you have to be really clear about it to be able to understand and to articulate exactly what you're shifting. We did this, this, and this, and the last part didn't work, so we're gonna shift that last part. So uh, if I were opening a restaurant today, I might consider the following branches. I've identified 10. These are 10 specific areas that you need to think about. And for your business, maybe there are more by all means, or maybe in your business, you you don't need to worry about a couple of these, but uh, these are 10 areas that I would think about if I were opening a restaurant today. In fact, these are the 10 uh, that I approach uh, new clients with when I'm trying to uh, establish a marketing strategy for their business. Number one. Branding, this very much has to do with the marketing pillars we already did in the previous episodes, right? So everything we do, everything we put out communicates something to our target audience, right? It it tells them something about the business, about the experience that we're crafting. So you have to think about what kind of people you want to attract. Uh, you should be positioned, everything about the restaurant should be positioned to provide a certain kind of experience, to communicate something to the audience, right? So I'm talking about the website. The website needs to communicate, uh, what the experience is like. The social media channels, uh, need to communicate something to your audience. The lighting, the decor, the menus, the staffing, everything, the pricing, it all communicates something about who you are, about the identity of the place. So that's number one. Make sure that everything you do is all pointing in the same direction. This is branding. Uh, Number two, uh, I would come up with an idea and a way to attract new customers, right? You need a plan for, for attracting, reaching new people to get new people in the door. There are a thousand ways to accomplish this right so maybe it's a special offer to get people in the door maybe it's through paid advertising maybe you're gonna use your social media marketing to to attract new new clients maybe you're gonna use influencer marketing to uh, to broaden your reach or or maybe you're uh, you're gonna employ more grassroots efforts to reach neighboring uh, businesses and communities again there are a thousand but you need to develop a strategy to attract new customers Number three is retention. So you already know who you are and you've already uh, figured out a way to attract new customers. Now you need to figure out a way to turn those customers into loyal customers, right? How do you specifically build loyalty? How do you bring people back? Uh, Do you have a bounce back plan in place? Uh, Does it work if not? What needs to change about it? If you don't have something in place, what's the hesitation? Uh, are you using permission marketing like uh, like your e-blast to communicate with your audience? Uh, have you been building an email list? If not, that is something you should definitely do. Um, retention is the way that we build long-term regulars. Right, they always say the uh, it's cheaper to uh, to keep a customer than to find a new one. Uh, retention number three is very very important. You need to uh, you need to figure out a way to bring people back. Number four, I call this out of towners. So in a city, maybe this would be something like a concierge program, a way to formally target out of town diners. People are in for a couple of days or a week at a, at most. Um, so in a big city, this is certainly key, but in a small town, um, I think it is too. Now, let me apply the idea to uh, to the small town where I grew up in. Uh, so I grew up in a suburb outside of Philadelphia and there were no hotels or motels for at least 10 miles, but there were two high schools and football games on Friday nights were huge. So if I had a business in that town, I might devise ways to reach the visiting team and their fans. The schedule is is set months in advance I would know exactly what team is coming in each Friday night and I would know where they're coming from I would maybe figure out a way to target those fans because they're all going to be in town they're going to need something to eat either before the game or after the game uh, this is a key way to, to target out-of-towners uh, whether you're in a big city or a small town I think consider what out-of-town diners might do to your bottom line number five uh, I call this group sales, right? Or this is events. So this is a large party or private dining business. Broadway shows are great at this. So rather than sell tickets two at a time, they have people dedicated just to selling blocks of seats, 25 or 50 or, or 100 at a time. But restaurants usually play shortstop on this one, right? They're, they're waiting with their glove ready, uh, just waiting for a grounder to come their way. So they catch a call when it comes in, and then they, uh, and then they try to Get that party in, but for the love of God, why wouldn't you play offense on this one? If you could fill 20 seats of your restaurant every single night, why wouldn't you put a plan in place to try to target those? So maybe that's business dinners. This all depends on what kind of restaurant you have. So maybe, uh, maybe it's business dinners, right? Maybe you've got a nicer place and you need to to cater to the local businesses because they always have closing dinners, or you know they're celebrating something, or they got people in from out of town, or they got a team dinner. Right? So that's an option. Or maybe it's the like the example that I was using before, right? The out of towners. Maybe I would figure out what high school is coming in to play football and I would reach out to the boosters and see if I could get, you know, forty people in, you know, carve out forty seats in my restaurant um, to cater just to the boosters and their kids before the game. Group sales are huge. If you could pad the bottom of your book with just twenty people or forty people every night, why wouldn't you do it? Number six, uh, I would think about downtime programming. So I would look at my book and I would look at, um, you know, look at my reservation book and I would look at my uh, revenue and I would figure out where are the spots throughout the week that are underperforming and can we figure out ways to fill those seats? So maybe you're busy, you know, Friday and Saturday nights are crazy. Sunday's pretty busy, you know, in the middle of the week, you know, Wednesday and Thursday is good, but maybe Monday and Tuesday are dead. I I would, I would circle that and try to figure out ways, uh, try to identify specific promotions or programming to build some of that downtime business. Um, maybe you're busy for dinner but not for lunch or vice versa maybe uh, vice versa maybe you're really busy for lunch but you need to way to boost uh, dinner business I-, I can't tell you how to solve this problem i can uh down the line we'll talk about this i can talk about some ideas but identify where your downtime business is and then come up with ideas so maybe it's uh you know 2 for 1 entrees or you know buy two entrees and you get an appetizer for free or maybe it's uh you know a free glass of champagne if you dine on these nights or maybe it's uh, maybe you do uh, programming for special wine dinners on these nights, or maybe you, you know, coordinate special dinners with the uh, the craft brewery that's in your town. There are no uh, there is no limit to the kind of um, programming you can do, and the and the answers, the solutions to this problem. But first, you have to identify where your downtime is, and then figure out ways to fill those seats. Uh, number seven, I would think about the holidays. I would look at a calendar and lay them all out. Right, so. Holidays often mean big money in the restaurant business. So when you look at days like Valentine's Day, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Fourth of July, Thanksgiving... Christmas, New Year's, right? These are all very, very big days in the restaurant industry, but then there are also other holidays like Memorial Day and Labor Day, Martin Luther King Day and President's Day, right? Those holidays mean long weekends, so people have more opportunities to dine out. So maybe Sundays are usually dead, but because your your guests are going to have Monday off, maybe Sunday's going to be really busy. Capitalize on that. See how you can uh, capture as much as possible, all right? So, the other side might also be true. If your typical crowd is out of town on some of those big holidays, right? I live here in New York City, and uh, Memorial Day and Labor Day are usually dead. Fourth of July weekend is usually dead because everyone is uh, everyone is out of town. They're vacationing. They're at their beach house. They're they're upstate. So, is there an opportunity to attract or to cultivate a new audience? Is there an audience that's that is in town, or? or to turn it one more, uh, maybe you should staff lean. Maybe you maybe you should just run with a skeleton crew to to save your to save your costs on those days. Or maybe you should even close. Maybe Fourth of July is so dead in your restaurant that it's better off to close. That you're you're going to lose money. These are all things to consider. But look at your entire year and map out all of the holidays and come up with a plan of attack. Number eight is retail. Uh, so we're talking about retail or merchandising. I think about Dead Rabbit in New York City. They're down in the financial district, and they're, um, they're a high-end craft cocktail bar. And they make something like 20% of their annual revenue just on merchandise. So we're talking shirts, hats, keychains, cocktail cookbooks, etc. Uh, I work with a client here in the city that started their own line of chocolates. And it's a great way to make a little extra money for the business. Um, so can you make special bonbons for Valentine's Day and sell them as an add-on? Maybe the answer is yes, maybe the answer is no, but it's something worth considering. Is, is retail or merchandising something to explore? Are you leaving money on the table? Number nine, menu, right? This is the one thing you give every person who walks into your restaurant. Yes, it's a list of items for sale, but you need to maximize it. So there's a saying, as I said before, what gets measured gets managed. And we'll talk about this in another episode, how to, how to maximize, how to really exploit your menu and make sure that it's doing some heavy lifting for you. But you need to understand the profitability of each item on your menu. What's making you money and what's a drag on your profitability. And then you need to figure out ways to make that menu work for you. And then finally, number 10, uh, this is, uh, the I think, the most important. And this is your staff. This has everything to do with leadership and training, but how can you empower your staff to maximize revenue with the customers you have? Your staff can be key to attracting new customers. They can be key to retaining customers. They can be a piece um, of the menu puzzle. They can be there to help elaborate on the menu, to point people in the right direction towards profitable items, towards items that people are gonna talk about and take pictures of and and talk about after they leave. But you have to give them the tools to help you. By giving them the tools, they are gonna make money for them and you. Remember, they get a portion of everything you make, right? Their, Their tips are directly related to how much revenue they generate. So your staffing needs to be very high up there. What are the criteria for hiring staff? How do you train staff? How do you continue to lead staff? How do your managers, um, how do your managers continue to guide and empower them um, as they go about their daily work? So again, these 10 areas are number one, branding. Number two, attracting new customers. Number three, retention, retaining your customers. Number four, how are you attracting out-of-towners? Number five, group sales. Can you sell seats 20, 40 at a time? Number six is downtime programming. Figure out when your downtime is and can you figure out promotions or programming to fill some of those seats? Number seven, how are you handling holidays? Number eight, are you uh, are you doing anything with retail or merchandising? Number nine, is your menu working for you? And finally, number 10, staffing. How are you empowering your staff to help maximize revenue. These 10 branches are the beginning of a marketing strategy. It needs to be well thought out. It needs to be planned. It needs to be written down, discussed, implemented, overseen, managed, measured. A marketing strategy cannot be a fly by the seat of your pants thing. It needs to be written down and it needs to be managed. So for this week's assignment. I want you to start looking at your marketing strategy. Write down these 10 areas and start writing down what you're already doing in those areas or what you can be doing in those areas. This is how we begin to develop a marketing strategy. Hopefully, you're going to come to the end of it and see some holes, which is great. These are things you haven't thought of. You can start putting a strategy into place. Hopefully, you're going to see areas that were kind of uh, a little loose and you can help formalize them. I urge you to bring the rest of your team into this conversation, especially your, uh, your managers, those people who are um, your first line of defense. Uh, Those are the ones that are going to lead your staff and, and, and help empower them and and get them excited about everything you're doing. Uh, So that's the assignment for this week. Um, I, I hope, I hope this is helpful. This podcast is called Restaurant Strategy. It is about strategizing. It is about being organized. You have to be organized in order to make this successful. Uh, For this week's Continuing Education, I'm going to link to a a video. It's a quick YouTube video by Peter Vug. He, um, he's a inspirational speaker, uh, all about productivity, all about, uh, managing your life and staying productive. Um, he was, uh, instrumental in, in helping me get organized and, and I hope he's going to have the same effect for you. Again, Peter Vug, the link is going to be in the show notes. I want to thank you again for tuning in. My name is Chip Close. This is Restaurant Strategy. We'll see you next week.